Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time, he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, legion, for many demons had entered him and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Father in heaven, thank you that you heal us by your power. Thank you for this community, a place of wholeness and healing. We pray that you'd continue to build us as individuals and as, and, a, and as a church, more and more in your image and in your likeness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, everyone, tonight. This is the second Sunday after Pentecost. We're officially into ordinary time, which doesn't mean that it's boring or ordinary. My mom told me it was very good to be ordinary. <laughs> ordinary time, you'll see the colors green. Um, all around us, except some random red, you know, every now and then. Um, but the green is the color of growth. It's like those old trees that I talk about all the time. You'll look out the window, you'll see them while we're singing or praying. And it's, the thing about a tree is you can't watch it grow. You can't measure its growth while it's happening. I'm sure you could very scientifically. But odds are, if you looked at it from one season to the next to the next, especially if an intervening storm came through and blew it down, Odds are, though, that you could see the growth of the tree over those long, extended seasons. And that's what this is. So when you see the green, don't just think, oh, this is beautiful. And this happens to be Nelson Kaszewski's stole. And so I wear it with great honor and happiness tonight in this season. Um, we love you, Nelson. Um, so when you see the green, remember that God is doing a deep work in you. And you won't always perceive it, just like you don't always perceive the tree that is growing. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's difficult. There's pruning involved, et cetera, et cetera. And that leads in nicely to our value tonight, which is wholeness and healing. You may recall, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, we're going through our vision and our values. 
here at St. Bart's. Our vision is to connect the people of East Dallas, and that's a placeholder, East Dallas and beyond, with God so that we may behold God and become more like him, or for short, behold and become. We want to see God. We want to gaze upon his beauty in his temple. And in seeing him, we want to become like him. Now, some of our other values that we've already talked about, authenticity. We can be authentic before God and before others. Hospitality, we didn't get to talk about it because this random storm blew through (laughs) on Pentecost. But just a couple of things about hospitality. It's a gift of the Spirit. And hospitality is our operative way at St. Bart's of doing mission. We remember our Lord Jesus Christ in the prayer for mission for morning and evening prayer that says, Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us with your spirit that we reaching forth our hands in love may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. So hospitality is our operative way, our spirit-filled way of doing mission making room for people at the table, in our lives, in our households, in this family. Chris preached eloquently and brilliantly last week about mystery. And he reminded us that mystery simply means it's something that we can't comprehend. We can't, it's something we can't get our arms around it. He reminded us that we don't scrutinize God as, he, as if he was a, were a mountain or a molecule, Just because we can't put him on a slide underneath a microscope doesn't mean that he exists. And it doesn't mean that we don't ask questions, hard questions of our Lord and about him. But we recognize that there is a a numinous aspect of God that we simply cannot completely understand. But one day, we will know him fully as we are fully known. So we live in this hope. Even though we operate in mystery, we live in a hope that we will see God completely completely behold him. It's quite thrilling and also awe-inspiring and also a little scary. God is amazing and big and he loves us. Which brings us to today, wholeness and healing. You may have noticed that the gospel lesson, we saw a relationship, a short relationship, maybe loosely defined, but a relationship was created. Jesus and his disciples got into a boat and They went to the other side. They broke on through to that Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee, the land of the Gasserines or whatever it's called. And there was a man who was plagued by many, many demons and Jesus healed him. So today we're going to talk about wholeness and healing. But what we see from Jesus' encounter with that man is that healing is restoration This is so preacherly, by the way, so just bear with me. I'm going to tell you that now so that as I say my preacherly sentence, that's a new word I think I just made up, preacherly. Healing is restoration as a result of relationship. Restoration as a result of relationship. And I, I say I, we emphasize relationship because as Chris and I were, were chewing on this this week, he was quick to say, we need to remember that relationship, or excuse me, healing isn't just this thing that happens to people like, you know, this nameless cloud that hovers somewhere, but healing is, is a relational phenomenon. 
In other words, when you read the definition to our value of wholeness and healing, you'll hear this. There is a relationship with somebody. Listen, it says, in Christ, we have seen both the face of God and the fullness of our humanity. So in whom? In Christ. We see the face of God and the fullness of our humanity. So we trust God to transform us more and more into his image and likeness. Not only is healing restoration as a result of relationship, but there's actually, there's a goal towards which our wholeness and healing is drawing us to. And it's not bigger, faster, stronger, or the most technologically advanced human being or whatever, but it's one that is, if Jesus is the truly human one, God is making us those into who are those people who are fully human into Jesus image and likeness. As we are transformed, we are more and more able to love God and our neighbor. So, wholeness and healing has to do with a relationship. It has to do with restoration. And when we think about restoration, we can't help but think of salvation. So our ultimate healing is not if we, I have a pain in my tooth or my elbow just isn't working quite right, God wants to heal those things too. But our ultimate healing has to do with salvation in Christ. And in one day when Jesus returns and we will all be resurrected and appear before him, then he will make all things right. We've been in Revelation a lot the last few weeks. We sang words from Revelation. But when Jesus returns, when those who are resurrected unto life and some will be resurrected unto death, when we're raised, he will make all things right. He'll set all things right. Everything that was wrong, everything that's been done against you or I that was unjust or unlawful, our Lord Jesus will set it completely right in that relationship with him. And that is the ultimate restoration. The Jews had a word for that, and it was shalom. Perfect completion. Not the absence of conflict, peace, but perfect peace. It's that same shalom that Paul was, was talking about when he wrote to the church at Philippi. And may the God of shalom keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God. That's the concept. So we're moving towards this perfect healing in Christ. But now, on this earth, in this community specifically, because this value, again, has been articulated by you. There wasn't a group of people sitting in a back room, you know, throwing darts at a board. And they thought, oh, wholeness and healing, that looks good. These are things that you have said you've experienced at St. Bart's. Wholeness and healing is interesting because... It happens to us in, in special times, in special moments along the, regular, the regularity of life. See, uh, not C.S. Lewis, I always do this. Eugene Peterson has a great little commentary on the book of Revelation. And he talks about the difference between kairos time, so this is that's one Greek word for time, kairos, and chronos time. Kairos time is, is like a breaking in of God. An encounter with the Lord. Jesus sails across to the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee, heals this guy, Kairos. But that happens within the guy's regular Kronos time. Peterson says Kronos is like the keeping of the calendars. You got to make the appointment. You got to do this. You got to do that. And so for us, 
as we behold the face of God, as we are transformed evermore into greater likeness of his image, we're going about our daily lives. It's in the regular stuff of life, but there are kairos moments. That's why we meet every week for worship, lifting up God's word and feasting at his table. Did you notice? I did. But did you notice that when the storm knocked everything out two weeks ago and we couldn't meet, was your week a little bit off? And I'm not meaning like, well, I didn't go to church. Now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving up on myself. But it hit me about Wednesday or Thursday. I was like, I just haven't seen anybody. What's everybody up to? What are you guys doing? But, it's, but more than that, it's this idea that we need to be in God's presence. The regular, ordinary parts of our lives need to have a kairos encounter with our Lord. And for us, that happens in Sunday worship, summer worship nights. It happens at pastorates and conversations. It happens when the prayer team is praying. That's why we pray for healing at our summer worship nights on Sunday nights. Because we believe God wants to meet us in the regular stuff of life to bring us restoration, to bring us wholeness and healing in that relationship with him. If hospitality is our operative way of doing mission, then wholeness and healing is our hope for life at St. Bart's. So it's kind of this internal thing. If hospitality is our way of doing mission, our way of inviting people in, of connecting with people so that they can behold God and become more like him, then wholeness and healing is our hope for life here. It may be long, and dreary, and sometimes may seem hopeless, but it is the way that we have hope together in God's presence. So, a few things about wholeness and healing. First of all, what do we do because we value wholeness and healing? What do we do at St. Bart's because we value this? Well, first of all, and I've mentioned this, we pray for healing. We acknowledge that our Abba, Our Papa, our Father in heaven, is also the Almighty One, the creator of the universe, and that all the resources of heaven are at his disposal. And so we take Jesus at his word when he says, hey, you fathers, if you're evil, whenever your son or daughter asks you for an egg, you're not going to give them a scorpion. Or if they ask for a piece of bread, you're not going to give them a stone. How much more will your heavenly Father then give the Holy Spirit to you who ask. And so we ask God for healing. It's hard, it's hard to believe sometimes for that, isn't it? Because we tend to silo and categorize things in our lives and we forget that just as God is saving all of us, just as he's redeeming all of us, he cares about every part of our life. Does that mean that healing always comes? It does not. But remember, ultimate healing is in the hands of the one that we will stand face to face with. And when we see him, we will become like him. So here we pray for healing, pray in worship, summer worship nights. In our pastorates, we always close our group time with what? Eating more chips and salsa? Yes, that too. But prayer, 
praying for one another. What else do we do because we value wholeness and healing? Now listen, this is church. And what is church? What are, when I say church is, you fill in the blank. Ready? In your mind, this is going to be fun. And you can write it down too. Church is, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for you to say it out loud. I'm not very good at rules. In, in your heart, in the quiet of your heart, every head bowed, every eye closed. You might see I'm, I'm lingering. Church is blank. Now listen, I love you guys. Some of the, I, church is family. Church is fun. <laughs> fun? With a PH, fun. Church is all, uh, so many things. It's a place of healing. It's God's community. It's the building that, that God himself with his hands of the word and the spirit, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is building for himself a people, a kingdom of priests to God in the name of his son. It's all those things. But you know what else church is? I'm going to be real honest. It's a mess. Why? Because all of us are here. We're a mess. We're broken. We need healing. We do stupid stuff. So where is he going with this? I don't know. We value wholeness and healing at St. Bart's. And because of that, we embrace the mess. We look at it square on. It's natural for us to see it and run the other way. And to pacify or anesthetize or medicate ourselves with all sorts of stuff. Whether it be things, food, drink, sex, etc. But because we, because we value wholeness and healing... This is kind of an accountability moment because you're like, okay, Jay, I remember you said we value that, so you embrace the mess. Because we value this, we're going to embrace the mess. That's part of this. It takes fertilizer, boys and girls, to grow plants. Farming is hard work. It's labor. And St. Bartholomew was the son of a farmer. And the mission and ministry that God has given us here is like farming. But also the life of righteousness and holiness, the life of wholeness and healing that God is cultivating in us is like farming too. He, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. His father is the vine dresser. So we embrace the mess, right? Yes, I know you're so excited. And because we value wholeness and healing, we recognize that healing happens in community. Yes, sometimes God will miraculously intervene and bring about a life change. Maybe, maybe the way that you were converted to Christianity had nothing to do with anybody else. But more and more, as our world uh, continues to move into the postmodern era, we have to continue to create community. As institutions continue to crumble and fall and die, we have to continue to build community. And wholeness and healing happens in community. And sometimes that happens immediately, meaning without any sort of mediation, God touches us and heals us. A childhood trauma, some sort of sickness, believing completely wrong lies and strongholds. Sometimes it happens immediately, so without mediation, but sometimes it's mediated. I don't know if you know this, but we have a lot of people that are in healing professions, doctors, we have like 12 therapists now. 
If you're new and you're a therapist, welcome. There are a lot of you around here. But we realize that God has given people gifts to walk with us through the healing that we need, to move us towards wholeness. And that's a good thing. That is a beautiful thing. Healing happens in community. If you find yourself broken and you need help, you should totally isolate yourself and never tell anybody, no. Reach out. Healing happens in community. So that's some of the stuff that we do. Now, I want you to notice the interconnectedness, the symbiosis, I guess you could say, of our values. Because if you remember, authenticity just kind of creates that space where we can be honest with God and with one another. And it sets the stage for wholeness and healing. Because unless you're authentic with yourself and with God and with others, then you don't know to ask for healing. You don't know to expect it. You don't know to say, there's a mess. I need to embrace it. What do I do? So authenticity enables wholeness and healing. It allows it to be celebrated. Because if you don't acknowledge it, if we don't acknowledge that we're all broken and messed up, though we may be in Christ, we still have a long way to go as God sanctifies us by his grace. Unless we acknowledge that, if we're honest with ourselves and with others, then we have no reason to ask for it, one. But notice, too, that hospitality makes room for people to enter into it. I love our church. But we need to make room for other people who are not yet here, who are not yet born, either of the kingdom or just not even alive yet. God has a, a long plan, a long, good, and beautiful, rooted plan for St. Bart's in East Dallas. How will we make room? How will we be hospitable to allow people to step into the sort of wholeness and healing that he's calling us into? Church is hard. It's also fun and all those other things, but church is hard. And many of us have been hurt by the church. This has seemed to, God has used this as a place where people have been hurt by the church and they can come in. It's not a perfect place. It's not going to solve everybody's problems. But what I am saying is a theme I'm seeing is that people can come here and they can stand in front of God and with other people and work through their hurt and work through their stuff, me included. All right? Chief among you. Mystery creates a theological and a philosophical framework and thus an expectation for healing. Because we can't completely get our arms around God. We know that there is more that he can do in us and through us. Wholeness and healing. And lastly, in Forgive me, if this is your first time with us tonight, we've, we've been talking about, we're wrapping up our fiscal year. We're talking about tithing and giving and generosity and all those things. So if this is your first time, just, you know, la, 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 tune out. But those of you who St. Bart's is your home or it's becoming your home or, or whatever, how does wholeness and healing connect with the way that we live our lives out in generosity? That's a great question. God is building a church that is a space for wholeness and healing here. So as we tithe, as we take that first 10% and give it to the Lord, that's building into something that he is building here. We're helping create space for God to bring that healing. It's interesting, uh, Paul writes to the Galatians 
at the very end of this letter, in the whole letter, he's talking to them about it, it's not through works. It's not through the law. Don't go get circumcised. Don't do all this to think it's going to save you. Trust in Jesus Christ. And at the very end of the letter, he says, guys, don't be fooled. If you sow into the flesh, if you sow into the deeds of the flesh, you're going to reap death. But if you sow to the Spirit, and, and I'm just going to be real honest, Paul's talking about their support of his ministry. And he says, but if you sow into the Spirit, you will reap eternal life. Doesn't mean you're going to get a Rolls Royce or that brand new set of blinds that you've always wanted if you just, you know, sow a seed gift or what a faith gift or whatever. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is there is something happens when we give into the kingdom of God. It frees up our heart to love God more fully. And it does something where we will reap, Paul says, eternal life. Doesn't mean you earn your salvation. It's not Pelagianism. Doesn't mean you can do the right activities to then be completely healed. What it means is that because you are living in step with the Spirit, as you sow into the kingdom of God, you're going to continue to reap things that are of the Spirit, things that are of the kingdom of God. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. But it's the trajectory that St. Paul wanted for this little church that he planted to move in. And I think it's the same for us. You're sowing into the kingdom of God when you give at St. Bart's, as you generously give. And the fruit of that sowing is spiritual. It's eternal life. It's a growing community that values wholeness and healing. I'm so thankful for this church. Church is sometimes tiring to me. I'm about to have some vacation. I'm very excited about that. But I want you to know what God is doing here is good, is beautiful, is not perfect, but it is real. So if you've not heard anything tonight, remember that St. Bart's is a place that values the restoration that happens as a result of relationship. And give into that. Give your time. Be willing to face the mess. Be willing to ask the hard question of yourself, of your clergy, of others. And give of yourself into the kingdom of God here at St. Barth. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you that, that you are so joyful as you sing over us, as you rejoice over us. Thank you for what you're doing here, that it's beyond our ability to imagine. And you're going to do things that are beyond our imagination, more than we ask for or imagine. So we give you glory both in this local church and in your universal church. And we give you glory now in 2019 and then in 2020 and 2021. And all the way, Lord, until you come again to set everything right and to bring that ultimate restoration that we enjoy in relationship with you. Amen.